0: And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that
1: strange
2: looking man, thank you? That's Carl. I met him at the lunch, you man. Sam,
3: sweetheart.
2: I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every
4: night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master avenger
3: This is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits.
5: Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> guys! Guys!
4: Guys! Fellas, did we could listen to the radio or something?
6: Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the Bastion Classic Radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to The Great Gildersleeve starring Hal Perry, and then it's a classic radio mystery on the Hermit's Cave. And by my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa?
7: Hey, Carl. Glad to be here, as always.
6: We're going to conclude Gildersleeve in just a moment, but first I want to know what's happening in the world of Hollywood.
7: Well, there is a new musical that's headed to Broadway in spring 2017. I think even you might enjoy it. A a, musical? It's family-friendly. Your kids would love
6: this. A musical. It's a
7: musical. You
6: think I'll like it.
7: Yes, I love this one. What would make
6: me change after 52 years of not liking musicals?
7: I well, you know, it's it's based on a novel
6: mm-hmm.
7: and it's based on a movie. Actually two. It's based movies. on
6: your navel, what? Yes, you that's what I said. Oh, okay. It's based on
7: my navel. It's yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Eh. Come on. Never
6: was a big fan. I like chocolate. Really? I like milk chocolate and I know you're a dark I, I, chocolate I, I, person. The darker which the is better. good because you know what? If there was chocolate and it was milk chocolate, you wouldn't...
7: See, this way we don't have to argue. No. Even no. though we
6: we do. We do like to argue.
7: We find things but to argue about. Look, Ch- Charlie in this...
6: the Chocolate Factory, eh.
7: All right. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on okay. that. I'm excited about this. This musical is based on Roald Dahl's novel, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. This show follows the adaptation of another Roald Dahl book, Matilda the Musical, which has run on Broadway eh. for three Again, years Matilda. now. Matilda, eh. Okay, the score's got a Tony Award winning team, same team as Hairspray. Yeah. Now, the book was first published in 1964.
6: Right. You were born.
7: And it's No, been, you
6: were born in 64. I was this born was published, in 63. And
7: this has been adapted into two motion pictures. Now, right. you help me. 1971
6: well, starring... the first one was Gene Wilder. Gene
7: Wilder. And nine, uh, 2005 starring... Johnny Depp. There you go, which was directed by... Um, you know this, Burton. That's Team right, Burton. by Tim Burton. So I think this is a winner. I think every family who has kids, if it's would based love on your navel,
6: then yes, it's probably going to be fine. It's, it's
7: a winner. Yeah. So I think this is
6: going to be fantastic. It's a fuzzy navel.
7: I'm. I'd like to go to New York Chocolate and Chocolate navel. It. I don't. I don't even have to bring my kids. I want to go see it. Well,
6: you love musicals. So. I
7: like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. Charlie You know Bucket. what I
6: like? You know what I like?
7: Yes, classic radio. Gildersleeve. I. I like Gilderlee. I like too. Gildersleeve.
6: Let's tune in the Conclusion now. Let's go back to January 14th, 1945, for Who's Engaged to Who, starring Hal Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. Well, hello, Mr.
3: Gildersleeve. Yeah, hi, PB. What can I do for? My goodness, what's that you got there? Oh, haha. <laughs> That's my air raid helmet. I thought it looked like an air raid helmet. Expecting a little incident this evening? <laughs> no, no. I just happen to have it with me. Say, uh um... Uh going to a drill of some kind, I presume. No, I'm not going to any drill. Say, Peavy, if uh, you got loaning it to a friend, no doubt.
8: I just happened to have it with me.
3: That's a wise precaution. Probably won't happen, but then again, who can tell? <laughs> Stitching time saves nine. What won't happen? Or, as the pharmacist would put it, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah, Peavy, what are you talking about? It's in the paper there, didn't you, hate it? They say we're likely to have these rocket bombs dropping in on us in, in a minute.
8: Oh, that.
3: As soon as Mrs. Peavy heard that, she decided we ought to move. And we asked ourselves where we'd go, so we're staying where we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the only thing to do, I guess. Well, we listened to Raymond Graham's swing that evening, and we felt better. Do you listen to him, Mr. Gillespie? Well, when I'm at home, I do, whenever I remember it. Well, as a rule, Mrs. Peavy retires around 8.30, but I I usually sit up for the final word from Mr. Swing. He had an interesting analysis there last night. Did you happen to hear him?
8: No, I didn't. I was out.
3: Well, he viewed some things with alarm, but on the other hand, he found some grounds for hope, too. Sensible man, Mr. Swing. He doesn't lose his head. Um, what can I do for you, Mr. Gildersleeve?
8: Huh? Oh, confounded, you've talked so much, I've forgotten what I came in here for. Oh,
3: I'm sorry, I guess I'm a little wound up today.
8: Yes, I remember. Uh, oh, yeah, you got any of those chocolates you used to have with a cherry in the center? You know, they came in a little box.
3: Oh, you mean the ones you used to buy for Mrs. Ransom? Well, since you mentioned it, yes. They were her favorites. And the box had a red ribbon on it and a picture of some cherries and a robin red bread.
8: Yeah, that's it.
3: And some little tin sugar tongs to pick the candies out with.
8: Yeah, then. that's it. Have you got any of those?
3: No, I haven't. I, <laughs> I, I haven't had any of those in two years. Yeah, well, what have you got? Well, my selection of candies is a little limited just now. <sniffs> Hard to get chocolate, you know. We have these candy bars. Is that all? That's all. It's called a doodad junior. It sells for five cents. <laughs> The doodad senior's to yourself. Self pretends. Yeah, but I haven't got any of those. Mm. Doodad Jr. What
8: what kind of candy is that to give a lady?
3: It's guaranteed harmless. Yes.
8: <laughs> well, that's all you got. Give me a half a dozen of those.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Gilbert for you. I can only allow one to a customer.
8: What? One doodad? I'm
3: sorry. <laughs> it's in the interest of national defense. All right. There you are. Rapidow? No, I'll take it the way it is, in the interests of national defense. <laughs> goodbye, Peavy. Goodbye, Mr.
8: Gildersleeve. I hope she enjoys it. It's one measly little peanut bar. <laughs> Do dad. A man's gotta be a regular Casanova to get anywhere these days. Oh, gotta get my helmet on here. Guppies. Phew. Smells like a low tide. (laughs) Oh, well. Anything for a joke. He Either this chin strap has shrunk or I've expanded.
2: Gracious!
8: Warden Gildersleeve at your service. Like to inspect your sand buckets, ma'am.
2: Don't tell me there's an air raid. Quick!
8: Pull down your shades and turn out the lights.
2: Rock Martin!
8: (laughs) Yes! Don't worry, Leela, just a little private alert.
2: (laughs) Well, I don't think it's very nice you coming over here in your helmet and all, scaring a girl. Well,
8: I thought you'd think it was cute.
2: Silly, I'm only teasing. What's this all about?
8: Nothing. Hey, uh, brought you something. Oh? There, for you.
2: For me? Why, Martin? it's... Oh, it's peanuts. (laughs) Don't you like peanuts? Dan, where I come from, they feed them to hogs. (laughs)
8: Hogs, eh, well...
2: I tried to get chocolate. Oh, that's all right. It isn't the gift anyway. It's the thought behind it. Yeah,
8: that's right. It's the thought behind it.
2: What was the thought behind it, Rockmore? Huh? Never mind. Do take off your helmet before it strangles you and come in and down. Oh, no,
8: thanks. Uh, you know, Lila, I, I've been thinking.
2: Have you, Throckmorton?
8: Yeah, I've been thinking. You remember New Year's Eve when you were saying about how we used to be engaged and what fun we had and all that? Those were the days. Hey, Leela.
2: Did I say that?
8: Sure you did. You were talking about the first time you ever met me. It was during a blackout. I came over here with my air helmet and my flashlight, and you took a shine to me right off. Remember? It's
2: funny. New Year's Eve is just a blur to me now. There's only one thing I remember very distinctly.
8: Oh, what's that?
2: When that man handed you a summons for breach of promise.
8: Uh, now, Leela, I don't want you to get the wrong idea about that. The whole thing was a mistake.
2: Yours or hers?
8: Uh, <clears throat> There was nothing in it, really, nothing. It's all been settled, that that is practically...
2: Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'd hate to think of a man I'd once been engaged to being mixed up in any nasty old lawsuit. I don't know what I'd say to people.
8: Uh, Leela? Yes? Nothing. (laughs) Uh, Say, uh, how would you like it if I was to sing for you, huh? Speak to me of love. Oh, Throckmorton. I'll sing and you play the piano.
2: Not right now. I'm really not in the mood. Not in the mood? No, no. Let's just sit here and talk, shall we? Leela, what's happened? I don't know, Throckmorton. It's just life, I guess. Or maybe I'm growing up or something. But I've been thinking, too. You? I know. You think I'm just a silly little thing without a thought in a pretty head. But you're wrong.
8: Oh, I never said that, Leela. Gosh, you have some wonderful thoughts.
2: No. No, that's not true either. But there's one thing I've decided. It's about life. What's that? I've decided that love isn't everything.
8: You know, it's funny you saying that. Because I've just about decided the same thing.
2: Have you, Throckmorton?
8: You're darn right. Love can be a great big nuisance.
2: I read in a book once that lovers can never be true friends. Do you believe that, Throckmorton?
8: Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's always be friends, Leela.
2: I've always been a friend of yours.
8: You mean that? Of
2: course I do. Are
8: you a friend of mine right now? Of
2: course I am.
8: Leela, would you do a friend a favor if he asked you?
2: You know I would. Would
8: you be engaged to me again?
2: Engaged? But you just said that... Uh, we... Oh, don't
8: worry. There won't be any love in it or anything like that. Uh, we wouldn't even get married or anything. Just be a friendly understanding.
2: Just a friendly understanding.
8: Yeah, I'd give you back your ring, and we'd just pretend that our engagement had never been broken. Simple?
2: Uh, yes, but how long would this friendly understanding have to last?
8: Uh, well, till this lawsuit blows over. Uh... Now don't be offended.
2: You mean to tell me? I didn't mean to tell
8: you, but uh, that's the way it is.
2: <laughs>
8: uh, not, not, now Leela, don't be offended, please.
2: I'm not offended. You're not?
8: Oh, will you do it then, as a favor to a friend?
2: I wouldn't be a very good friend if I refused, would I?
8: <laughs> well, Leela, you're a true blue, by George. yes. Yeah, some people do you a favor and they tell you they have to go to a parent-teacher meeting. Now, don't go away. I got a ring right here in my pocket somewhere. V-ring. Uh, there.
2: Other finger, Throckmorton. Oh.
8: <laughs> now, wait a minute. This doesn't mean anything, you know.
2: I understand.
8: And you don't mind?
2: Why should I? After all, it's just a friendly understanding. Women are funny. Just the same, I can't help thinking of the first time you put this ring on my finger. You were so darling then.
8: What do you mean I was
9: darling then?
2: And after you put the ring on my finger, you kissed it. And then you kissed my hand, and then my arm, and then my shoulder. <laughs> you were so impetuous in those days. I still am. <laughs> yeah. Throckmorton, let go. Oh,
8: Leela, just a little kiss. No. Come on, just one. Hey, where are you going? I'm
2: afraid I'll have to ask you to leave now, Throckmorton. Leela,
8: don't get sore. Just a little kiss.
2: We had a friendly understanding, Throckmorton, but that was not part of it. Here's your overcoat. Uh,
8: Leela, if we're supposed to be engaged, we have to keep up appearances, you know.
2: You may kiss me in public, Throckmorton, but not in private.
8: What? Oh, now, Leela. You've
2: forgotten about our engagement. It means nothing, remember? Absolutely nothing.
8: Uh, That's the trouble with women. They're so literal-minded.
2: You forgot your hat. Oh!
8: Gosh, if anybody saw us now, they'd think we were married. Uh we had a very satisfactory interview.
2: She went for it, huh?
8: We had a satisfactory interview.
2: I guess she kind of liked the idea, huh?
8: She threw me out of the house. Now go to bed.
2: What a character.
8: Good night everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
1: On this program was directed by Claude Sweet, Mr. Ken Carpenter, speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company, makers of Parquet Margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products. Inviting you to listen again next week for the further
8: adventures of the Great Sleeve.
0: This is the National Broadcasting Company.
6: And that's The Great Gildersleeve, starring Hal Perry from January 14, 1945. Great cast in this. We have uh, B. Benaderet, Earl Ross, Walter Tetley. Lillian Randolph, Louise Erickson, Richard Legrand, and Shirley Mitchell. I got to meet and work with Shirley Mitchell. She's a terrific, terrific actress, and she's been on this show before. Sponsored by Kraft is heard on NBC. Let's take a break, then it's more here on the Hollywood 360 radio network. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm Carl Amari, Lisa Wolf to my right, Mike Costella to my left. That's my team here on Hollywood 360, and it's a darn good team.
7: I, I right? think so. Darn good.
6: Yeah, the darn good team. Gall darn good team. <laughs> darn good team. <laughs> All right, it's time for the Hermit's Cave, originally heard as a local show on WJR Detroit. The Hermit's Cave was widely syndicated to other markets and was one of the first of the the best-heard-in-the-dark horror shows with a spooky host. John Kent played the Hermit in its Detroit run, and on the West Coast, Mel Johnson portrayed the old Hermit who shambled out of the mouth of his cave, warning the faint of heart not to listen. Go stories, weird stories, and murders, too. The hermit knows of them all. Turn out your lights. Turn them out. Like Lights Out and Inner Sanctum, the horror stories often had a supernatural theme, using grisly sound effects to punctuate the action. Many soon-to-be radio stars, including William Conrad and John Daner, appeared in the hermit's cave. It came to radio in 1935 and was last heard in the mid-1940s. We have a episode of the Hermit's Cave for you now. It's called The House of Murder. Now, I haven't played many Hermit's Cave shows, Lisa, and the reason why is because the quality of the Hermit's Cave shows are just not up to snuff, as they say. They're uh, just a little bit... Um, you know, we we like we, we really um, uh, are, are, are very choosy about what we play here on Hollywood 360, so this show is really not where I like to have it be. It's a little muffly, but we thought we'd play one because it's such an interesting show. So uh, bear with the sound quality a little bit on this. Hope you enjoyed The House of Murder. Here's part one of The Hermit's Cave.
0: Mummers in the little theater of the air. And now the hermit.
9: (laughs) Ghost stories. Weird stories. And burdens too. (laughs) The hermit knows of them all. Turn out your lights. Turn them out. The story. The house of murder. eh? Then listen while the hermit tells you the story.
4: (laughs)
0: Yes, come
1: in. Mr. Burton, I'd like my wages, if you please. What's that? Yes, Mr. Burton.
0: Millie, you're dressed to go out. My breakfast hasn't been served.
1: That's right, Mr. Burton. I'm leaving right now, and I'd like my wages, if you please. This
0: is preposterous.
1: Oh, it's something bad, all right.
0: You can't go without giving me more notice than this.
1: I'm sorry, but I can't stay. What's it all about? This house, Mr. Burton, it's this house. It's cruelly haunted.
0: Nonsense. It's just because we've only been in the house for a few days. It's strange to you yet.
1: Don't get over being strange. It gets worse every night. Ridiculous. Well, you can say all you want to Mr. Burton, but I'm leaving. I'll work for you in the city. I've been faithful to you for a good many years, and I'll go right on being faithful if you move back to the city again.
0: Millie, I can't run my life to suit those who work for me. I purchased this house in the country in order that I might have peace and quiet for my
1: work. there's a little peace here. Every night, the sounds. Last night, last night I... Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Please, Mr. Burton, I've got to be leaving this morning.
0: How are you going to get into
1: town? I took the liberty of calling one of the stores and the owner sending his son out with a car.
0: All right, Millie.
1: As soon as you give me my wages, I'll wait outside. I'm afraid to stay inside any longer.
0: My, of all the If uh... you
1: value your life, you'll get out, too.
0: Oh, no wind to open that door. I must have left it unlatched. It feels just as if someone was in the room here with me. Oh, it's as if something brushed past me. I could swear I felt it touch my shoulder. Oh, Ridiculous. Pages in my ledger turning. Just as if a hand moved the pages. Wind couldn't cause it. There isn't any wind in here. Oh, I'm dreaming things. It's utter nonsense. Millie's got me all upset. Now, oh, my test tubes. My experiment. The test tubes knocked to the floor. I'm not dreaming this. This is too real. I need Carmer. He'll solve this. Hello. I want to put in a long-distance call. I'd like to speak to Lyman Carmer in New Carden. Yes. Yes, you've got it right. Lyman Carmer in New Carden. The telephone number is... father do we have to drive into the wilds young man? we're almost there now life of me i can't figure why jim wants to hide himself away miles from civilization and well, this new man ain't been out there but a few days a few days too many if you ask me i drove out here yesterday i picked up a woman who'd been working out there I wanted to go back to the city not millie seems like that was the name she gave. well what's up i couldn't rightly tell you mister just couldn't tell you seemed to be strangely urgent about something last night. Hmm, look, mister. You can see the lights of the house now. See, about eight to ten right away through the trees. Oh, yes. What sort of a place is it? Well, it's quite a place, mister. Really something in its day. Old house, hmm? Yes, sir. I guess no one's lived in it for years. The old man Chimler knows it. He's lived in town as long as I can remember. Yeah, this is the drive leading up to the house. Lined with trees on both sides. House never gets no real daylight into it. Here we are, sir. Now get your bag. Oh, never mind. I can take it. You young men. Oh, thank you, mister. It's more than it's worth. That's all right. Anything I can do for you, just call the general store and ask for Mark. Thanks. I'll do that.
6: That's the first portion of The Hermit's Cave with the House of Murder. We'll get back to that after these words.
0: Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood
6: 360. Now let's get back to The Hermit's Cave.
0: Lyman. Jim. Hello, Jim. I began to think you didn't make the train. I was 40 minutes late. Come on in. Nice of you to come, you old recluse. The idea of picking a spot no man ever heard of. Bring your things into the sitting room. We'll go upstairs later. All right. Well. Nice. Uh-huh. Sit down. Thanks. Yes, Millie got it fixed up pretty well before she went back to the city. My laboratory is right off this room. Everything handy. Had dinner, Lyman? Yes, Jim. On the train. Good. I'm not much at fixing meals. The, uh young man, Mark from the general store, said that uh, Millie had left you. What's the idea? I'll tell you all about it. That's why I called you. Well, it's nice here, Jim, but I can't see why you chose a place so far away from everywhere. No, I like it here. Well, that's reason enough, I guess. Millie coming back to take care of you? No. No, I'm afraid not. Lyman, Millie left because she was certain that that this house is haunted. Oh, Jim. I called you last night because I remember a story you once told. story of a haunted house. You told it as if you gave credence to the tale. Is that so? I remember well. That's why I wanted you here. Jim, you don't think by any chance that this house is haunted, do you? I'm not so sure but what I do. Oh, absurd. You think it impossible? Well, naturally. You didn't talk that way when you were telling us that evening of a place off the coast you knew that was haunted. That was a fireside tale. Quite different from reality. Lyman, it's only a short time until midnight. Will you come into the laboratory with me? Will you sit in there with me for a little while and see if the same things that happened last night occur again? Of course. If the same things do occur again, I shall be convinced that Millie was right. I shall be quite sure that Something does happen. It does haunt the house. Nearly midnight, Jim. Did you check the door into the laboratory to see if it's closed tightly? I checked it. You're convinced it's securely fastened? Yes. us. No, I don't. I do. (sighs) What is it? Once again, it was as if something brushed past me, touched my shoulder. What's that? Look, look over on the table. Watch my ledger. You see? The pages of my ledger are turning. As if a hand is on them. Jim, I... I can't believe my eyes. It's incredible. Now, look. On the workbench. See? Something is moving those test tubes. I'm going to stop this before all my experimental work is ruined. What are you going to do? I'm going to walk over there, put my hands on the rack... Lyman, something touched my hand. Something that felt like sharp nails digging into the flesh. Oh, it's your nerves, Burton. Lyman, there's something in this room. Something that moves about in here. Some unseen thing that enters the door and moves in this room. Don't let your imagination run away with you, Jim. There is a thing in the house beyond scientific explanation. You know it. It's something vital and alive. A thing of power and locomotion. And it's up to us to find out what it is. Well, we might as well look through this room. No use overlooking anything. Seems silly, doesn't it? We're not going to find anybody in these rooms. Didn't you say that Millie heard things upstairs? So she said. She complained the very first night we were here that someone entered in her room. She didn't see anyone? No, no. He didn't see any more than we did just a while ago downstairs. Now that the incident of downstairs is past, it seems to me that it never happened. Perhaps it was your power of suggestion that made us both think we saw movement. Well, nothing out of the ordinary in this room. No. Well, what do you say we forget it and get some sleep, hmm? All right. We're not going to discover anything tonight, I guess. you talk to the man who sold you the house, Jim? Jim? Yes. Sure. He brought me out here after i chanced upon the place. We went all through it together. Of course, he didn't say why the house had stood unoccupied for a long time. Yes, he did. Said that after his wife died, he wanted to live in town. But he was getting too old to keep up a place like this. Uh-huh. Said that up to this time, he couldn't find anyone who could afford to buy it. Oh, well... I'll go downstairs and get your things and bring them up to your room. Simon, what was that? Something downstairs. It came from the laboratory. I know it did. It's the only place where there's so much glass. Don't get upset, Jim. Great heavens, look. Well, of all things. Everything in the room smashed. Equipment that's taken me months to build. Everything ruined. Jim, some human has been in here. Someone who's trying to stop your experiment by destroying your equipment. Wipe out your work. All ruined. It'll take months to arrive at this point in my experiment again. Someone has been hiding downstairs here, Jim. We've got to find out where and who it is.
9: Is it a human being who hides in the house, intent upon destroying all that Jim Burton creates in his laboratory? Or is it an unseen force, as Jim said earlier in the evening? An unseen force with power and locomotion that lives in the old house. Eh? The hermit will tell you before the night is done. <laughs> Burton and his friend Lyman Karma sit in the laboratory. Just a few minutes ago, the clock struck midnight. Right now, Burton is busily engaged building up step by step the experiment which has been ruined the night before. Lyman Karma
4: sits watching it. <laughs>
0: You think you ought to knock off for the night. You work steadily all day. There's so much time lost that I have to make up, Lyman. Well, certainly aren't going to have any visitor tonight. There's nothing left for them to destroy now. Tomorrow I'll go into town and inquire around. Think I should go to see old man Chimlin. Ask him to tell me something about the place. Maybe he can put us on the right track. Mm Mm-hmm. I would have gone today, but I wanted to make sure... Wanted to see if we'd have the same experience of last night. You uh gonna work much longer? At least an hour. It's way past midnight. Guess I'll go upstairs. Okay. If you want anything, Someone call me. All right, Lyman. Thanks a lot for staying over. It's a great help. Yes, if we can find out what it is or who it is that's causing this trouble. We'll find out. Good night right let's see next step is to unite the two chemicals perform step B where is that ledger Yes and the next step I performed was... Pages in the ledger. Page five, six. A page is missing from here. Every step I'd worked out and put down is torn out of this book. Oh. Oh, what is it? What is it that dogs my trail and won't let me do this work? Step by step, i will have to work it all over again. Someone at the door again. Is that you, Lyman? No. No, no, it isn't. Just as before, I feel the presence of some person in this room. As if they were standing over me. Look. What do you want?
9: What is it, you... Around my neck. Something choking me. Choking
0: me. Is burned by the stuff he was working with. Hello! Oh, for heaven's sake, hurry! Hello, operator. Send a doctor to the old old Chimlin place right away. Hurry! There's been a terrible accident. Man's face is almost burned away. Well, doctor,
5: I'm afraid it's quite hopeless. If he lives, his sight will be gone. Face horribly scarred.
0: Poor Jim. We'd only gotten out of this place last night.
5: Did you call Lisa Chimlin as I asked you to do?
0: Yes, he should be here any minute. I'll wait then. Sit down, doctor.
5: After the story you told me about the experience you've had, I think it's up to Chimlin to tell his story.
0: You sound as if it was something very mysterious. Something that Jim should have been told before he bought this place from Chimlin. If it had been told, it would have saved him the agonies he's going through right now.
5: Mr. Carmer, what I know has given me in professional confidence. What others in the town might have told you would have been gossip. And no one tells gossip about Aza Chimlin.
0: How so, Doctor?
5: Well, he's the owner of many mortgages, many notes. A man of wealth and power in our community. I see. Oh, there's a car turning in the drive, Mr. Carmer.
0: It must be Chimlin.
5: I'll go up to Mr. Burton again. Call me if Chimlin
0: refuses to speak. Well, thank you. Hello, sir. Well, hello, Murray. Where's Mr. Chimlin? Oh, he didn't come, sir. He called at our house and got me to drive out and bring you this note. Oh, come in. Why? Oh, I, I reckon i better not, sir. Why not? I reckon I'd just as leave stay outside of this house, if you don't mind. Oh, come on in just a moment while I read this note. Nothing can harm you in the daytime. Well, All right. Just till you read the note. Come in here. Sit down while I read the note. Yes. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mart, what made you say you'd rather not come inside this house? Oh, I can't say, sir. Really, I can't. Mr. Chimlin would get even with my dad if I said any more. You see, he about owns our store. I wouldn't tell Chimlin. Come now. Uh, well, sir, you see the Chimlins, their daughter, she wasn't quite right and she died out here. And Mrs.
5: Chimlin, she hanged herself. Folks have always been scared of this house because of that.
0: I see. Why did Mrs. Chimlin hang herself? I don't rightly know. Well, perhaps the doctor can tell us. Hello, Mart. Hello, Doc. Chimlin didn't come. Sent this note saying he would refund Mr. Burton's money and take the house back again. Says nothing more. Mm-hmm. But Mart here has volunteered to tell me that there were two deaths in this old house. One a hanging. That's right. Mrs. Chimlin? Yes. And the girl?
5: Her case was hopeless. Eighteen, she had a mind of a child of four. They took her everywhere, but to no avail. Time after time, Mrs. Chimlin pleaded with me to put the girl to sleep. End her misery. I couldn't do that. She hated me for it. Her hate grew until her mind was unsettled. One day she took it upon herself to end the girl's life. Then, realizing what she'd done, she hanged herself in the room Mr. Burton has been using for his laboratory.
0: If Mr. Chimmer knew, we told us. No, like
5: that's all right, Mart. If there is any truth in the fact that an unseen force lives in this house, and you'll see how hard it is for me to believe that, And why did it seek vengeance on Mr. Burton?
0: I have never believed in supernatural force any more than you. But remember, I have seen it at work in this house. And as for seeking vengeance on Jim... Doctor, he was working on an experiment to prolong life. A discovery which might have added untold years to the life of a human being. This is something that the spirit of the woman who hanged herself did not want. That's why it destroyed the experiments.
5: And that's why it destroyed Jim Burton. He died just before I came downstairs.
9: force was the spirit of a woman who took her own life. A woman who could not rest in her grave. A woman who returned to destroy anything that might prolong life. Yes. She killed Jim Burton by the power of supernatural force. Turn on your lights. Turn them on. (laughs) I'll be back.
4: Pleasant
3: dreams. All characters, places, and occurrences mentioned in the Hermit's Cave are fictitious, and similarity to persons, places, or occurrences is purely accidental.
6: And that's the Hermit's Cave from the 1940s. With a House of Murder starring Mel Johnson as the hermit syndicated over the mutual broadcasting system. Let's take a break. Then uh, we'll return here on the Hollywood 360 radio network.
0: More Hollywood 360 after these important
6: messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Lisa, before we uh, say goodbye for another week here on Hollywood 360, I do want to remind our listeners that we have a terrific sponsor, called epizin it's been helping me with my dry skin I know it's helping your husband with his eczema correct and Mike has been using it on an uh, open wound or something like? correct yeah I'm healed now from that oh really so. okay yeah, literally Very when cool. I started
3: applying it I healed in like a few days did wow. you
6: take
7: any before and after pictures Mike that we could post I
3: have one before of the scab that I had for like
6: two weeks wow. and yeah. then,
7: good well we're gonna yeah. let everybody know how right. they can um by Episyn as well. Well, yeah,
6: if you have any kind of skin ailment and I'll tell you what, shingles is the thing. People get shingles, it's really really bad. It's a lot of it's very painful and it's uh kind of an ugly um you know, sort of uh you know, scarring kind of thing. Well, Episen can help a lot with shingles and also rashes and eczema and um open wounds, bug bites, sunburn. So it's a terrific product. It's a money-back guarantee. If this does not help your skin condition, just return it for a full refund. And uh, and there's a radio offer that uh, if you buy Epizin, you can get $10 off plus free shipping. Go to their website, which is epizin.com. That's E-P-I-Z-Y-N.com, E-P-I-Z-Y-N.com. Or call toll-free zinc for us That's 844 844- Z I N C the number four and us so eight four four is zinc for us and as we say it's a terrific product we've been using it here on Hollywood three sixty it's been amazing and you can uh, you can get a bottle of Episyn for ten dollars off plus free shipping just say radio and if you don't like it for any reason. Get your money refunded. Next week, we're going to tune in to Inspector Thorne, The Bickerson's, Straight Arrow, Dimension X, The Jack Benny Program, and Mystery in the Air. For any reason, if you don't hear all six of our classic radio shows, which is four one-hour episodes of Hollywood 360, you can go to our website at hollywood360radio.com. As soon as you log on to our website on the very... uh, Very top of the page, on the home page, is our podcast. It has the entire four-hour show and a bonus hour of Classic Radio. Right, Lisa? I was going to help you out with that one. Thank you. You you
7: said it beautifully. Yeah,
6: and when we air this show, it airs uh, or it is put up on our podcast, on our website, the Monday after it airs. So it's just uh, pretty quickly after we uh, broadcast the program. Of course, we want you to listen to it on our affiliates across the country. We're on A lot of affiliates across this great country of ours. But if you miss a show, you're traveling, or the station doesn't carry all four hours, just go to Hollywood360radio.com and check out our podcast. There's also a lot of other things there, including 10 free classic radio shows you can download. So be sure and do that. From my co-host Lisa Wolf, executive producer Mike Estella, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother Vince Amari, Adam West, and me, Carl Amari, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.
0: To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website at hollywood360radio.com. Adam West speaking.